Netaporte presents the Incredible Women Podcast, Series 3, The New Guard. Hi, I'm Kay Barron, Fashion Director at Netaporte, and I'm delighted to be joined by Elsa Majimbo, the comedian and social media sensation, for this episode of our Incredible Women Podcast. Elsa's star has risen to stratospheric heights in the last year after her straight-talking satirical videos, which often feature her eating crisps, wearing tiny sunglasses and sharing an inner monologue direct to camera, started to go viral during lockdown. In addition to gaining a huge global following, which includes the likes of Rihanna and Naomi Campbell, she was named African Social Star at ePeople's Choice Awards this year, has landed partnerships with major brands And recently, she became the first comedian to collaborate with a high-fashion couture house when she released her debut book, The Alphabet for Kids and Adults, with Valentino. She also hosts the Bedtime with Elsa podcast, in which she interviews inspirational people such as Usain Bolt and Cynthia Erivo from her bed. According to her Instagram bio, she's a 15-times chess champion and a professional bragger. Hi, Elsa. Thank you for joining us on our Incredible Women podcast. How are you today? Thank you for having me. I'm doing pretty great. And you're in L.A.? Yeah, I am. How is L.A. today? Oh, my goodness. This place is so hot. But I'm getting used to it now. Good. I'm, I'm jealous. We're coming, we're coming to the end of any kind of warmth we had in London. First of all, I wanted to say thank you for getting us all through lockdown. I think you were absolutely the tonic that we needed. Stop. I wanted to take you back to the start of 2020, when you were a journalism student with 7,000 Instagram followers. But 18 months later, and you now have 2.4 million and over 14 million likes on TikTok, as well as partnerships with some of the biggest beauty and fashion brands, a book and your own podcast. So I mean, how different was your life back then? And how are you coping with that change? Back then, I would, you know, go to school, normal routine, wake up in the morning, do things as usual, like... 80% of the world. And then now I do things on my own time. I do things that I want to do. I don't feel like I'm forced or obligated to do anything. And I do things because I love them, not because I need to get a nine to five and to survive and to go through day to day in the business world. So things just changed really quickly, and I'm really happy about that. What was it that drew you into journalism in the first place? It was either journalism or law. I was not going to do law. Or engineering. Hell no. And I took it because I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew what I didn't want to do. So through elimination, we ended up at journalism. And it's just being in that space. I didn't really take much from it. I think what I took were like social skills and life skills mostly. And just for that short period I was in uni for, it taught me how to interact with people. I assume you will not be returning to journalism school then. Oh, no. (laughs) My mum was asking me, she was like, Angel, when will you be going back to university? And I was like, oh, I was like, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Your family must be incredibly proud of what you're doing. Yeah, at first they hated it. (laughs) Before I went viral, that was before I went viral. 
my dad was even like, but what are you doing on the internet? Can you just like focus on school and get done with school and get a job? And during that time, I took a week off social media and that's when I blew up. Literally a week after my dad told me to like forget about it. That's when I blew up. And now, wow, it's like my whole family, they're very happy for me. They're very supportive. And my dad understood the space a bit more. I think for him, he was just worried I was putting a lot of time into something that had no impact in my future. And it came from a very loving place. But now that I've been able to create a career from it, very supportive. My mom is supportive. My siblings are all supportive. It's amazing to have family behind you. That is amazing. Is your dad now addicted to TikTok too? Does he please tell me he has an account? No. I found an Instagram account on his phone and I was so shocked. I was like, why do you have an Instagram account? I was like, are you stalking me? Because the only person he had searched for was me. So I was like, why do you have an Instagram account? I was like, you know you, know you can just Google Elsa Majimbo Instagram and you'll find me, right? It's very cute. I love when my family stalks me. My mom stalks me all the time. My sisters stalk me. My brothers stalk me. It's amazing. Having family, it's just, it's an amazing thing. Well, it's great because you produce so much content. They know what you're doing all the time. They know what I'm always doing. There's no secrets there. One of your earliest videos to go viral was you talking about being in isolation, obviously because of the pandemic, and saying and I miss no one. Do you remember when you first realised the scale of the reaction that that was getting? Um, Yeah, I remember, because it was up on Twitter, and then it had, I remember it had a hundred retweets, then a thousand retweets. Then I was like, oh my goodness, I was like, this is insane! Because I never expected people to react like that to my content, but it happened. And I will never forget. I went to my friends and I was like, oh, my goodness, guys, I'm going viral. And they're like, no, you're not. I was like, check this out. So it was just like an incredible feeling to know that other people are out there and laughing and I'm making them happy. Were your friends surprised by that or have you always been like the the funny one in the group? Sometimes I would be the funny friend. Sometimes I'd be the boring friend. I'm always the friend who wants to go home. I'm always the first one to go home. But they were like, oh, yeah, cool. Because they knew I was making those videos. They're like, oh, you're going viral. That's really cool. So they weren't like as shocked, but they were like surprised. Because you were studying journalism at the time. But as you say, you were making the videos as well. I mean, had you seriously considered comedy as a career before that? Or was it just something to kind of to, to entertain to yourself and, and that smaller network you had at the time? Oh, no. I I always thought I was funny. I always thought I was hilarious. I thought I was so funny and I would make myself happy. I just never thought of comedy as a career and I didn't really think other people would necessarily find me funny, but they do. And now I have a career out of it. But obviously since then, the, the acceleration of your platform has been so fast. It's been incredible. Have you had the chance to adjust to it and actually kind of sat back and, and realised what's happened? I'm still adjusting. It's definitely a new way and I really haven't had time to like take it all in because I'm constantly working and there's always something coming up. So I feel as I progress, I will adjust, but I am not quite there yet. 
but you're still having a really good time with it, though. Oh, I'm having an amazing time. Are you joking? Oh. I mean, you're not. You're, you said you're busy all the time, working all the time, but you're quite happy just to keep on that treadmill and keep going with it. Yeah, I feel like in this space, work comes in a lot of forms. It's not just sitting in front of your computer or having to like be in front of cameras. Like you can go for a dinner party and you're working. You can go out and you're working. You can be having tremendous fun and that's work. So. Always working. Your videos bring such a huge amount of joy to people and they they did so during a very challenging time. And and obviously you're straight talking. You've got a very honest brand of humour. Why do you think that that style of comedy resonated so strongly, especially at that time? I feel like so many people find it really weird to be honest um, with how they feel, especially in social settings. And I kind of put that out there. And many people are like, oh my God, that's what I always think. Oh, I always want to say that. And I was like, then say it. Damn, you know, because I make it a point to always be myself and to always be honest and to make myself happy. So if something isn't cutting it for me, you know, I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to stand it or tolerate it. So I put that out there and turns out so many other people felt the same way. They just didn't express it. You were described as the voice in our heads, as you say what we all want to, but we obviously don't dare to. Do, do friends ask you to talk about certain things too? Friends have never told me, but mostly strangers. Some people ask me to talk about certain things and some people will make it like, very personal they'll be like talk about when you see someone you don't like at the supermarket and and I'm like what I have no idea what you're talking about why would I put that out there and 99% of the time it's nothing I've ever experienced in my life and if it's not a personal experience for me it just doesn't make sense to put it out there because I feel like I'm being someone else and Being me is awesome. I'm the best person I know. I'm freaking amazing. So I always want to be me. I think everybody during lockdown were like, I want to be Elsa's best friend. You know, and speaking to that point, with this global platform, you've gained, as I've said, a really high profile following. I mean, appearing on Naomi Campbell's YouTube channel, DMing Rihanna, all very casual. Oh, you mean Rihanna, my bestie, my bestest friend. But how are you finding that kind of fame side of your career? There must have been moments that have felt completely surreal to you. I feel, for me, my first, like, fangirl moment when was I first met Naomi. And we were meeting up at a supermarket because we were going grocery shopping together. And I remember seeing her, and the first time I saw her, I, like, hid my face, and then I just walked straight. And she was like, where are you? I was like, oh, no, I'm by the ice cream place. I was, like, gathering myself, and I was like, oh, my goodness, holy shit, that's Naomi Campbell. But that was kind of the first and last time of, like, fangirling, because after that... We spent a lot of time together and I think after that I just realised it's just, they're all just humans. And getting like into a place where you become more popular and people know you, you know, you can't explain it. Some people want photos, some people will scream, some people will jump on you, some will be very calm about it and it's just about understanding that 
the people who will know you, the people who will like you, the people who won't like you, the people who will hate you. And I'm just kind of getting used to it now. Because I think the thing about you, and I think that's probably what's drawn everybody to you, is that what you're doing is so genuine to who you are. You're not putting anything on. It's just, it's who you are. It's what you find funny. It's what you want to talk about. So then people probably think that they know you even better than actually do. So they might feel incredibly comfortable with you as soon as they meet you. Oh, some people get too comfortable. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, are those are those the people that scream at you and jump at you in the street? Oh, yeah. Some people will even like take out their phones and like put it in front of my face and they'll just start recording and they'll be like, say a joke, say a joke. And I'm like, um, OK. Yeah, sometimes it just gets weird, gets really weird. You're hosting your own podcast now, Bedtime with Elsa. So then, you know, you can obviously then turn the turn the table so you're the one who can can ask the questions so but you must have a hit list of people who you want to speak to there's none I have in my mind who I really really want to speak to it's just like getting to know more of people especially people who are in the limelight and getting to know how they feel and their life outside that light and things people don't necessarily know about them and still not getting into their personal space. And I just find that very interesting because what I realized is that we have a tendency of taking what we see on the surface, you know? If we see something, we just kind of believe it, you know? Google says this and that about someone and we just believe it. So for me, it was just getting to know someone from a deeper perspective. Social media launched your career in a way but what's your relationship with it now do you still think of it as work or do you still have that kind of positive relationship with it um I still the same relationship I had in social media before is the same relationship I have now I feel like who I was it's what um really made me rise and is still making me rise and I don't want to lose that because if I do then there's no point I might as well go back to journalism school and do something that I'm doing out of obligation because once it becomes an obligation, then there's really no point. I'm with it because it makes me happy and that's what I want to do and I know that's what I want to do. So I stick to things how they were before so that I don't lose sight of where I'm going. The content obviously that you're creating is, is really relatable and hasn't changed from the beginning there must be a lot of work that goes into them as well. What's your process of creating them? Are you a planner? No, <laughs> not at all. I go with the flow, like with everything, every aspect of my life, I go with the flow. I love to be surprised, you know, I want to be surprised. I don't know what's really going to happen next. So it's just like, boom, it's a shocker. So even with social media and kind of my creative process, like even when I would make my videos, I would never know when I was going to make my next video. And sometimes I would just like sit down and look at my camera and what came to my mind is what I'd talk about. Or sometimes I would just, something would pop in my head and then I would go, oh, damn, let me make a video about that. And that's just how it happened. And are there any topics that are off limits when it comes to your comedy and when you're making videos? Or were you, are you happy to talk about anything, express anything that's true to you? Anything that's true to me, I will talk about it. I think if something affects me and my personal life, I'll talk about it. 
I have to say, I'm so envious of how relaxed you seem to be (laughs) in the approach to work and just how this is all, you know, obviously escalated so quickly over the last 18 months. And I know on your Instagram, you describe yourself as a professional bragger, which I I love. Can you tell me what what that means and where it came from? For me, you know, I don't ever want to be stressed, you know, especially situations. I know most of the things I do, I do them to the best of my ability. So I make it a point not to stress myself. If I can't change something, I can't. And if that's how it's supposed to be, that's how it's supposed to be. So I just relax and wait to see how things will go out to turn out. I never want to be running around and going crazy. So I just, you know, chill. And with ragging, you know, I'm not going to have a pair of Jimmy Choo's in my closet and keep them there. I'm going to show them off, you know. I'm not going to have something precious and keep it to myself. I'm going to be like, yeah, this is this is what I have. And it's amazing. It's brilliant. I don't want to hide them, you know. So I just put the things that I have and are precious to me out there. I do really enjoy how much fun you've been having with dressing up. Um, the shoots you've done look incredible. And I obviously want all your, your entire sunglass collection. What was your relationship with fashion like before and, and what is it now? I always dress how I want. And most of my friends hate this because they don't know if if I'm going to look weird today or if I'm going to look good. I'm going to look I love surprising people. You don't know how I'm going to look today. So I just always dress how I want. Today I can wear a church dress and cowboy boots and you're not going to say anything about it. Or I'm going to dress in something really dope and cool. Or I might decide, oh, I'm feeling elegant. So I've always been dress how I want. I love dressing weird. I just, it's up and down and it's messy and that's how I love it. How was it working with um, Pier Paolo or Valentino? He's definitely, he's very sweet. I think my relationship with Valentino in general is amazing. We have a great relationship. I love Valentino. I, I love the whole Valentino team. I love wearing Valentino. I love dressing up in Valentino. Everything about it is amazing. Everything beautiful, amazing brand. I think it's like the fashion equivalent of you because it brings so much joy. I can't help but smile when I see Valentino. In the world of content, and I think, you know, we're obviously being saturated by content, but you've made such a definite mark on the landscape. But what do people have to do to catch your attention online? What is it that you're watching? I'm not going to lie, I'm obsessed with TikTok. I love TikTok. We're all obsessed with TikTok. I can spend hours on TikTok. Oh my goodness. (laughs) For me, um, someone, I never like one thing and I get distracted very easily. It's so easy to distract me. I cannot focus on one thing for a long period of time. So I just look at different creators. I look at different things from different sides. Today can be fashion, tomorrow can be food. The other day can be, you know, just comedy. So it's just, it's everywhere. It's a beautiful mess. What are your your hopes for the next chapter? Have you planned anything? Do you have your five-year plan at all? I I don't really, I don't really plan. But I know my team definitely has a plan for me. 
that are no doubt in my mind. But for me, it's just about walking, especially in America. I came to America to walk. Um, so it's very important I stick to that and doing all the projects I have coming up and doing them to the best of my ability. I love things that make my mind race and I love feeling like I'm being productive. So that's what I want to do. And I want to make them a success because the projects that are coming up, they're very dear to my heart, things that I want to succeed. So they're things that I will work hard to make a success, even though I don't necessarily have a plan. I will see how it goes and I will make sure it is the best it can be. <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, my stomach is grumbling. I'm sorry. <laughs> Breakfast time. It's breakfast time. Uh-huh. Okay, let's circle back. <laughs> this is the last question. So after this, you can go and get yourself some breakfast. <laughs> I'm not a breakfast kind of person. I'm used to waking up in the afternoon, waking up in the morning. It's a new thing for me. Well, th- well thank you for coming. But that's why, that's why your stomach's gone crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I love waking up in the morning. I started it like two weeks ago. It's amazing. I didn't even know there's this much time in a day. I've, I love it. Amazing. Welcome to the AM. <laughs> You'll be up for sunrise soon. Are you usually somebody who is late to bed, late to rise? There are times I would sleep at like 6 a.m., 7 a.m. And my mom and dad would be like, are you okay? Like, what is going on? I am someone who can stay up all night. I blame it on Netflix. I blame it on TikTok. And plus, I just, I don't know. It just, it's very quiet. And then sleep through till the afternoon. It's a very bad habit. And I'm also, I'm such a grandma. So like I, at night, I wouldn't want to like go out and like I'm those people who go out and then at midnight, I'm like, guys, can, can we like go home? So I'm up at night, but not necessarily up outside. I'm up inside. I'm all for being a grandma. I think there's nothing wrong with I love that. It. But the thing is, you know, you can make sure that you're home early, in bed early, mm. and then you fall into mm. the black hole of the internet. And before you know it, you've been on TikTok for two hours. Oh my goodness. Before you, you're in crime investigation, you're seeing how this happened 20 years ago and they're still trying to find out who killed who. Well, that's the thing. You end up trying to solve a crime at 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> with hardly any information. <laughs> We've also heard that you're that you and your your manager are developing a series. Can you tell me anything else about that? We're developing a few. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's loads of things going on. I don't think I can say too much, but they are series that I am looking very forward to working on, and I'm just excited for them. I'm just really excited. I can't wait to see what's next for you because, you know, I think you are obviously one of our trailblazers. But who do you look at as a as a new trailblazer? I feel like so much of the things I see are very pretentious and that makes it very hard. Like people wouldn't do things because they want to. They'll do things because it makes them money, because this brand is going to give them money, because they saw someone else do it and... That's how so many people are rising. So I don't really see a lot of content from people that they want to do it. And this is me. I think Kabilame is really coming up and, oh my goodness, he's amazing. He like, he doesn't talk in his videos. And then he like 
it's like people do things in a complicated way and then he does it in a simple way. I think he got something that's his own and rose by it. And you can tell what he's doing. No one is forcing him to do it. No one is like telling him he has to do it. He's doing it because he wants to do it. And he is just rising tremendously because of that. And that is, I think for me, that is the one person in this generation, in my generation, that I think is just a brilliant rising star. It's 8pm here and you've really put a smile on my face. So it's a perfect way for me to, to uh, end the day. Thank you so much for, for taking the time. Thank well, you for thank getting you up. Thank you for having me. Enter the code THENEWGUARD at the checkout for 10% off your first Net-A-Porter order. T's and C's and exclusions apply. The New Guard was brought to you by Net-A-Porter and Chalk and Blade, hosted by Kay Barron and produced by Laura Hyde. The team at Net-A-Porter was led by senior editor Katie Barrington, with casting by Annabelle Brog and Olivia Wakefield. The executive producer at Chalk and Blade was Ruth Barnes, with original music by Alex Portfelix and engineering by Matt Nielsen. <laughs>